Welcome into another episode of Cast the Podcast with Ronnie Moore. And here to talk about my immediate reaction. Well, I can't lie to y'all. It can't be immediate reaction because I'm doing this on a Tuesday. We have a back-to-back Elite Series event stretch. Took Monday and went fishing with Mark Zona and some friends. And so doing my reaction on Tuesday of the St. Lawrence River event, and then my next podcast will be followed up quickly with my thoughts on fantasy fishing for Lake Champlain. Tight week, but we're going to do it anyways, and I don't care if this gets 12 views, I'm doing it for those 12 people. So wanted to give my, my feedback and my thoughts of the St. Lawrence River event, and man, it was... <laughs> It was kind of unprecedented. We weren't sure what was going to happen. We kind of had a mixture of multiple events with this tournament. We had, you know, we had uh, Lake Ontario in play and the St. Lawrence River. That's an aspect we haven't had since 2013. But one slight alteration is we're going out of Clayton. Clayton, New York, is about 60, 70 miles away, down ri- or up river, I guess, from. Um, Waddington, New York, which is our great host there where we've had record-setting crowds, one of our favorite stops. Uh, Based on all the COVID uh, procedures and what we had to do for New York and the pro sports uh, exemption and the things that we were doing there, we had to make some adjustments, move down to Clayton. Clayton was able to host the Bassmaster event, and we had Lake Ontario in play because of that. We also had Lake Ontario in play because we only had New York waters available for anglers. So we normally have New York and Canada. This time we only had New York with all the border restrictions and whatnot that Canada has right now. So a little bit different tournament, same great fishery, an added twist with Lake Ontario and slightly lessened waters of uh, just having New York in play. But man, The only regret of the tournament is if we would have had Canada in play, no doubt in my mind, 100% bank on it, breaking the century mark. 86 anglers isn't a bunch of anglers for that river, but um, 86 anglers practicing three or four days, having four days of a tournament strictly in New York waters, man, that limits the, um, the ability to to break those big weights and we almost did it even with that so what an impressive week for chris johnston kudos to him gonna start it off all the all the praises go to him on his performance man it really set up i thought man paul mueller if he flexes his muscles and wins this elite event on the saint lawrence he would have not only won in lar- on largemouth strictly at the St. John's River earlier this year, he would have won on strictly spotted bass at Lake Lanier last year. Then he could have won on strictly smallmouth at the St. Lawrence River in 2020. It would have been an impressive three-tournament victory resume in basically 13-event span. So Paul Mueller came up short, though, but he did lead three days of that tournament, and that's kind of been the kiss of death. I was talking about on Bassmaster Live. We've had six events at the St. Lawrence now with this one concluding. Six events at the St. Lawrence. Two of them went wire to wire. Brandon Polinick in 2013, Kevin Van Dam in 2017. Then there were two events, now three events, where someone has led three of the four days. And um, I believe it was 2015, Edwin Evers. He won, and he led day two through four. I think Shaw Grigsby led day one of that one. Now, I believe 
Um, let me look in my notes real quick while I'm doing this, but I might I might have been wrong on that. So, okay, so two have been. Oh, this was the third instance of it. Okay, so that's what it is. Six times at the St. Lawrence. Two times have been wire to wire. I was right on those. Polinick and KVD, 2013, 2017. Now it's been three of the the remaining four have been events where someone has led three days. Edwin led three days in 2015 and won the event. Shaw led on day one. Had that tumultuous, if you remember, Shaw had 22-15 on day one. Then he only caught like two fish, sight fishing for smallmouth on day two of that event. Dropped down, um, missed the cut because they were catching them pretty good uh throughout the top part of the field so edwin led three days and won that event chris johnston led three days last year and lost the event and then this year paul mueller led three days and lost the event on the final day and so a little bit of redemption there um for for chris johnston to lead three days last year and to lose now he led one day this year but it was the right day and and not to leave out the sixth and final st lawrence elite series event that we've had in 2018 there was a different leader each day of that event and that was the record breaking or record setting event at that point 95 pounds three ounces was the most weight for a st lawrence um bassmaster elite series event and then this year we topped that 97 pounds Almost got the century mark, but man, that that weather on the final day, those waves, um, the lack of time with with how hard it was to get to the spots or how long it might take you, you know, you at least at minimum lost an hour of fishing time, an hour and a half of fishing time, just just making a run. Um, then you're not able to even move around throughout the day, so you kind of have to pick a spot and hope that that's the right decision. So Chris Johnston wins that event. Uh, does so and proves that, hey, I know a whole lot about this place. I mentioned it on Bassmaster Live. He has been on the St. Lawrence River for eight days of competition, eight days of, of Elite Series competition, four days in 2019, four days in 2020. He has led four of those eight days, and he has been second for four of those eight days. So eight days on the river slash the lake in Bassmaster Elite Series competition, and he's been first or second every single day after weigh-in. That is ridiculous to think about. Um, in a two-year span, in a 15 years, it doesn't matter. That is some knowledge of a fishery, and for everything to work out for eight days for you to have a great event. So Johnston survived the elements, literally made that run. Cameraman Russ with him got seasick out on the boat, still shot all of the winning fish catches. What an what an impressive thing for a cameraman to do. But for Johnston to go out there and to be down day in and day out, and he's like, man, I thought I was catching him good. And Mueller isn't dropping off. And we're still neck and neck in the standings, and I'm trailing. It had to be a little different for him, but he knew he was in striking distance. He knew he was right there in range, that if he caught him one more time, that that was the day of all the days. That was the day that uh, Paul Mueller may struggle. Not ideal conditions. Mueller doesn't know Ontario like Chris Johnson does. So, hey, if he's going to struggle, we could see it being that fourth day with all the wind um, and weather coming in. And, and Johnston was kind of prepared for that. So very impressive on Johnston to get it done. Uh, we got to see him have two amazing fish catches. A five-pounder jumps in the boat day one of the event, and then he had like a four- to five-pounder jump in the boat on the final day. The waves were super big then, and uh, 
helped with that one. But um, first ever Canadian to win a Bassmaster Elite Series event. That's an impressive uh, deal. I think there's been two or three elites in uh, two or three elites from Canada, other than the Johnstons and Gussie. I think John Bondy. Um, way back in the day was was the first Canadian, and there may have been another one, but longevity hadn't been the, the best for Canadians on the elites. Qualifying hasn't been easy and whatnot, and so obviously when we invited Chris Johnston, Corey Johnston, and Jeff Gustafson over to the elites, we knew that they were already seasoned veterans of the sport. So skews it a little bit, but it doesn't skew the fact that it's the first ever Bassmaster Elite Series win for a Canadian. So congrats to Chris Johnston. Uh, we really got to see a lot of different things come into play. We got to see a Brock Mosley catch him on catch largemouth and finish third place. He only caught two smallmouth, I think, all week. Um, or he caught multiple, but he only weighed in two smallmouth. I think he weighed in two on day one, had 24 and change. Then he had 20 pounds uh, roughly on largemouth the next day. And then he had 20 uh, again on day three. And I think he had 6'10 largemouth then. Then day four he goes out. Has a little bit more company as there because some guys don't make that big run, and he ends up still catching them good enough to finish third place. Um, congrats to him on doing that. But Paul Mueller talked about that. He's won two Elite Series events already. Really put it in God's hands. He was cool with it. I texted him the night before, and he's like, "Man, you know, I'm just I got my game plan, and um, you know, if the Lord, if the Lord will have it, it'll work out. If He doesn't, then it's been a heck of a week, and we'll." We'll take the loss and we will um, we'll build on it going to Champlain. And so I thought that was a great way to to have our great outlook to have um, for Paul Mueller. And Mueller's been one that's been intriguing to me since he made the elites. He he really struggled early on to get his traction, and he may say different, but watching him, I feel like he was trying to do too much early in his career he was trying to be versatile in so many different aspects doing all that stuff you know maybe throwing a you know maybe throwing i don't want to say a chatterbait because he almost won the classic on chatterbait but maybe maybe throwing a square bill when he'd rather be throwing a 5xd off a point he's up shallow throwing a square bill or he's flipping a jig instead of drop shotting a school of fish so i think that he maybe was pressing a little bit, needing to needing to get it done, needing to survive in the industry and make it, and um, and he was just trying to be so versatile that it was hurting his strengths. And I think over the last three years or so, Mueller's really noticed uh, and really seen his strengths come alive. You know, he had that giant bag of fish at Gunnersville last year, and then goes out and struggles mightily. Um, on day two, and that's how Gunnersville was fishing. It was very tough, but I think that he's gaining his traction, realizing, hey, there are going to be times that I can go up shallow and flip a jig and catch him, or throw a swim jig and catch him, like he did the St. John's. Um, but it's also you're not going to go and drop shot a bunch of fish at the St. John's. You're going to have to adapt. But I think that when he sees conditions set up like he wants, he can make it happen. And I think he did that exactly. Um, at the St. Lawrence River in Ontario. We were talking about it. He doesn't have a great track record at all at the St. Lawrence River. But I mentioned on live, and this may be true, may not be true, but he did great on St. Clair last year. I think he got third in that event. Um, 
third or fourth, maybe top five overall, made the classic there. And uh, he did well at Ontario. He fishes a lot of reservoir-type lakes, a lot of natural bodies of water, no major current flowing through, not rivers, but just straight-up lakes. And um, I think that Ontario sets up much more like that than the St. Lawrence River does. Like No matter if it's a great lake or not or it's connected to a great lake or not, the St. Lawrence River does have tremendous current. And I think that that messes with the way some people approach smallmouth. Some renowned smallmouth anglers struggle with that approach at times. And plus, there's 110 miles of river within the playing field that you can fish on the elites when we go to the St. Lawrence River. And that's a lot of ground to figure out. And so you can be in the wrong stretch of river and never know it because you're catching so many fish. It could be going down somewhere else. And so... I can understand why it's harder to find. Um, it's also not as easy to vertical vertically fish. I mentioned it on live as well. He loves knowing exactly where to cast. And when you're aimlessly drifting down, you know, sections of rock and boulder and you're just keeping your bait on the bottom and you're just drifting down, it's not as precise and targeted like Mueller likes it when he can look at a brush pile or look at a rock pile and see where it's at on his graph and know that he's 30 feet away and he can pitch it right there and it's going to go to it. Uh, he's very precise, and so I think that some of that unknown probably messes with you as well. Like you want to know exactly where you're fishing, and just drifting aimlessly isn't always the easiest thing to wrap your head around. So Paul Mueller getting it done for the most part. I'm not going to say getting it done overall because he got second. He didn't win like he wanted to, but a great, uh, great showing for him. He's going to be one to contend with. Um, if he figures out that fall fishing game, which, hey, to be honest, he's the one who fishes in the fall and the winter more than anyone else on the Elite Series. He is always fishing um, in the fall and winter time period when everyone's hunting. He is on the lake. As soon as it starts to ice up, he gets off the lake for a few days. As soon as the ice is thick enough, he heads out and he starts ice fishing, and he does that until he gets his boat for the Elite Series. So. That dude's a fisherman. He doesn't care what he fishes for. doesn't care what he catches. He wants to catch whatever's swimming in the lake, and he will figure out how to do it. And so that takes a special person for sure. And so um, happy for him and his family. They got second place. Chris Johnston, like, it's got to be a dream come true, not to just win an Elite Series event because that's probably a dream come true, but to do your first Elite Series win and to get it done on a place that you have so much history on, a place like the St. Lawrence River, um, has to be so fulfilling. That's got to be awesome for um, someone like Chris, someone like Corey or something like that. Um, got to be really important to them to, to knock that milestone, a huge, tremendous victory on a place that means so much to you. You can win 15 Elite Series events and be happy with your career, but if you don't get it done on your home lake, feels like something's missing, like you, like you need to close the door on your home lake. And for him to do that, uh, in his first two years and to finish first and second, incredible. Uh, I really, really, really wanted the century mark to happen. Really wanted. I just wanted to stop talking about it by talking about it so much. So we talked about it a bunch, and I was hoping that they'd knock it out and then we could set that bar that we could try to break forever. Right now that bar is unknown, whether it's going to take 80 to 85 pounds to win the event, 95 pounds, 97 pounds. You don't know what it is, but if it was 100 pounds happened, we would always shoot for 100 pounds, and they always do. They're always trying to catch 25 a day, and that's so incredibly hard. But that would be the measuring stick. It would also be huge for the fishing world 
the first smallmouth lake to produce 100 pounds for 20 fish over four days of competition. Um, that would say something. That would be marketable for the community. That would be all kinds of stuff. Not that 97 pounds isn't marketable because it totally is. But looking at those Century Club anglers and we talked about on live, there have been eight current Elite Series anglers that have broken the century mark. Obviously, a couple have retired um, in past years and whatnot, and they don't fish professionally anymore anywhere. And then there's obviously people who fish other trails. But the ones who fish the Elite Series now, there still have been eight to do it. And um, I, I thought we were going to add to it. But to go through those eight real quick, Steve Kennedy's done it three times. He did it at Clear Lake with 124 pounds. 14 ounces. He did it at Santee with 104, and he did it at Amistad with 101. And what that doesn't tell you, though, is Clear Lake and Amistad were in the same year. He did the century mark not only twice in his career, he did it twice in a season. And then you add in the 2006 Santee Cooper event where he had 104 pounds, didn't even win that event, and still broke the century mark uh, three times for Kennedy. That's awesome. You might not know this, but Jason Williamson broke it in 2008 at Falcon with 118 pounds. Then we saw last year, obviously, and I'm going in order by weight. We saw Brandon Cobb do it with 114 pounds at Lake Fork. We've seen Keith Combs win at Falcon with 111 pounds in 2013. In 2008 at Falcon, we already mentioned that with Williamson. Uh, Rick Morris... Longtime pro, took a couple years off and came back through the Opens. He did it with 108 pounds at Falcon in 2008. Then the next two are from that same Keith Keith Combs win on Falcon in 2013. Rick Clun and John Cruz. Rick Clun did it with 105. Uh, Cruz did it with 103. And then we had rounding out the century mark anglers uh, on the elites currently. Garrett Paquette did it last year as well. 2019 Lake Fork, 101 pounds. So... We've had eight different anglers do it ten total times. Um, I think that's right, ten, eight, nine, ten, yeah. Ten times, eight anglers. Um, I think overall, 30 anglers in Bassmaster history have broken the century mark, but it's happened 42 times. So of those 30 anglers, 42 instances, obviously Kennedy has done it three times, a couple other anglers have done it two times, and a couple anglers, I think one other angler maybe has done it three times, so... Kennedy, definitely the big bass guru that we know him to be. So that covers the Century Mark deal. I wanted to talk about that real quick. And uh, wanted to mention as well something that's worth noting. I mentioned it on live, but the highest smallmouth weight, the most weight on smallmouth after three days of competition, Mueller had 76.15 and had the second highest weight because Seth Fighter last year at Lake St. Clair had 77.15 after three days, and it was only a three-day event. He would have only needed 22.1 on the final day or on, on another day to go do that. And Man, it would have been hard for me not to go out on the, the next day after winning that St. Clair event and just be like, hey, guys, I got 22.1 on my Rapala scale by uh, – 8.45 in the morning. So, yeah, I would have broke the century mark, that kind of thing. You just wish that was the case that uh, just, to, just to know you would have done it and your fish weren't out. You didn't run out of your fish. Uh, fighters also on this list, 2016 Malax fighter had 76.5. So he did it at two different AOI events, three-day events. He did 
Three days at St. Clair, 77-15. Three days at Mille Lac, 76-5. And then the other top, you know, rounding at the top four, we had Mueller in second with 76-15. And then Chris Johnston with 74-12 this year. So that just shows the realm that the St. Lawrence and Ontario were in this week, that two of the four highest weights after three days of a smallmouth event came at the St. Lawrence River. Um, I guess some things worth noting we had, um, let me look this up now. We had 17 20 pound bags on day one. We had 14 20 pound bags on day two. Then we had 11 20 pound bags on day three. So, what is that? That is 17 and 14 is 31. There's 42 20 pound bags. 42 20 pound bags through three days. Now, going into now, now after the fourth day. Got a little tougher with all the conditions and stuff. We only had one 20-pound bag, and that was the one that got it done for Chris Johnston. Mueller had 18-15. Mosley was close with 19-15. And then we had a Micah Frazier 18-13 bag. Got tough overall, though. The rest of the weights after those four guys, you had 17-2 by Taku Idu. You had 16-7 by Corey Johnston. You had 14-1 by Brad Watley. You had 11 Four by Chad Morgan Taylor, who completely switched up his game plan. I'll note that he completely did that. Didn't even go to the lake, went and fished for largemouth. Then we had Clark Winlet had 10 pounds with only three fish, and Brendan Polinick had six pounds for three fish. And he was fishing in the lake and ended up fishing in the river on the final day. So tough final day overall, but 97-8, 95-14, 84-2. That was what Mosley had in third place. Mosley's third place weight was only three pounds less than what Micah Frazier won with last year. And it's seven pounds heavier than what Edwin Evers won with in 2015. Impressive largemouth weight there. That is incredible. Um, And then going down the list, it took about 60 pounds to make the final day. Polinick had 59-12 and was 10th place and snuck in on the final day. So fantastic St. Lawrence River Lake Ontario event. That's one place I haven't fished. I've been out there on the water, though, covering that event, and uh, it's always going to be a special place. But kudos to Chris Johnston. Man, he needed it too. Big time needed it. He was sitting way down, way, 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 way down in Angler of the Year standings for for his standards after two events. Chris Johnston didn't do great at the St. John's or Eufaula and was 73rd place in points out of 88 anglers. 73rd out of 88, not where he expects to be. Um, And he jumped all the way up. I believe it didn't change much after day three. Maybe wrong, but he jumped up from 73rd to 47th. Now, if he moved up one spot on that final day like he did and it made him go to 46th, I apologize, but... I actually think that that might have been the case because Chris Johnston, his brother, Corey, was one spot ahead of him in the standing. So interesting there, but Johnston making a huge move, 26 places in the AOI points. Brock Mosley moved up 28 places in AOI points from 57th to 29th. Huge for him. Uh, we had a lot of guys really salvage their s- seasons at, the, uh, at this event. Not that this, you know, isn't salvageable, but I'm going to go through the list real quick of some of the highest jumpers. Brian Snowden, 78th to 59th, 19 places. Chris Johnston, 73rd to 47th, 26 places. Corey Johnston, 
68 to 46, 22 spots. Morgan Taylor, Chad Morgan Taylor, 72nd to 48th, 24 spots. Brock Mosley, 57-29th. I mentioned him, 28 spots. Bernie Schultz went from 71st to 52nd. That's 19 spots, but that's right there at that top 50 mark that you want to be at. Zaldane, 47th to 24th. Huge for him. After finishing in the bottom 10 at the St. John's River, he rebounded with a uh, good event at Eufaula and then a good event here, just missing the top 10 here. And he's jumped up from basically 80th place in points to 24th in just two events. So huge rebound for him. Garrett Paquette moved up from 63rd to 41st, 22 spot improvement. So those were the improvements. But man, the four guys that I noticed right off the bat that that dropped big time. Caleb Summerall fell from 30th to 64th. He had a last place finish here, um, which made him lose 34 spots. He had a last place finish because he ran out of gas on day two and did not make it back for weigh-in, took a zero there, and um, dropped all the way from 30th to 64th. Then we had John Cruz, somebody who's been a hot start second at the first event. Then he got uh, top six at the Classic, which isn't a points event, but it's still hot streak. Eufaula, he did great one day and then struggled the next. And then he struggled at the St. Lawrence River and went from 17th to 51st in points, 34-point drop or 34-place drop. Then we had Brandon Cobb, went from 13th to 44th, dropped 31 spots in points. Shane LeHue dropped from 15th to 40th, 25 spots there, which was a little shocking because he got a top 15 here last year. Uh totally different conditions and they were really shallow there and they weren't this year but either way you try to judge it by how you can so we had three guys in the top 20 of points drop to the drop worse than 40th which is crazy so a lot of rising a lot of falling and uh overall a great event it's weird that was our third elite series event of the season we've got uh now let me think about this we've got Six events left. Champlain, St. Lawrence, there's two. I mean, Champlain, St. Clair, that's two. Then we've got Santee, Chickamauga, and Fork. There's three more. So that's five. And then we have to make up the Cayuga event. So that'll be six. So we're three events into a to a ten event three events into a nine event season. Sorry. You can tell I've been talking a lot for so long this week. My brain's a little fried. Um, Plus, it was 95 degrees outside yesterday when we wrecked a bag uh, with Zona. So, six events left of a nine-event season. So, none of those guys who rose real high or fell real far are safe. You could do the same thing in the next two events and be – you could be first in points, not wishing that on Clark Winlet at all. But we've seen it before, Greg Hackney in past years. He was – Sitting ninth, I think he was ninth, ninth place in uh, AOI after he won the Sabine, and then he finished in the 40s and missed the Classic, and the Sabine was halfway through the season. So you can rise and fall just as quick. So you got to catch him every single week, and uh, that's what we've seen Clark Winlet do, and um, that's why he's leading Angler of the Year. So it's been a good three events though. Four events count in the classic. It's been it's been taking a little while. We're we're nearing the end of July and we've gotten four events under our belt, but we've done it the right way. We're still trying to do a full season, 
and uh, the events that we've had, they've been on point. St. John's, for the crazy conditions we were given there, Paul Mueller winning, we saw some big fish caught there. Given the extreme cold, the lack of water, the weather that rolled through, fun event to cover. Classic was great to cover. Eufaula was fantastic with the drama that happened there. And then um, the St. Lawrence. What's crazy to me, I keep track of the coverage on who has a camera in their boat and uh, whether it was a full day or whether we threw it in there for ESPN2 Live, whatever the, whatever the case may be. I keep track of that. And we had 18 anglers on camera for the St. John's River in three days. Then we had 21 on camera at Lake Gunnersville for the Classic three days. We had 23 at Eufaula in four days. And then we had only 17 through four days at the St. Lawrence. 17. And we were putting eight or nine cameras out per day. We only had 17 different anglers. That's how little the top 10 fluctuated. And even though the weights were so good at the top, it was definitely do or die, feast or fathom, feast or famine um, at the St. Lawrence Lake Ontario this week. So crazy week. That's my thoughts. It was bound to happen, a Canadian winning. I know Dave Mercer smiling ear to ear uh, that a Canadian got it done. Uh, kudos to anybody who wins on the elites. It's not easy at all. So for Chris Johnson to get the satisfaction to do it at his home lake, home body of water, um, impressive. Also, what's scary is that those were all of his New York waypoints. Just imagine if he could have used his can- Canadian waypoints. Might have been even crazier. Could have broke 110 pounds. You never know. But great week. Excited. We have a back-to-back. Champlain's coming up. Starts Thursday of this week, and this week being... Uh, Thursday is June. Nope. No, it's not Ronnie. Thursday is July 30th and it'll be July 30th through August 2nd. That's the four days of the event at Lake Champlain. Last time we were there, it was shortened to three days because of weather on day one and Aaron Martins. We had the top 50 finishing the final day and we had Aaron Martins come from like 19th place to win the event because he was only down by three pounds. So crazy event then. It'll be a good event this year. We've seen some big largemouth, big smallmouth all caught on angler social medias this week. It's going to be a good event. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the podcast. I'm going to drop my next podcast in the next couple hours, probably by the time you're listening to this. It's, uh, it's going to be the fantasy fishing preview edition of Lake Champlain. Excited to do that. I had a great showing. Had a great showing. You'll hear how I, how I did at the St. Lawrence and where I'm at overall. And, uh, but yeah, episode 20, I think of the podcast. Peace out from episode 20. Episode 21 is coming around the corner in the next day. And you'll be able to listen to that. Set your fantasy lineup before it locks uh, Thursday morning. Peace.